volume 22 today is a beautiful june 29th 2021 had to let that one ride a little bit uh, race charles america the beautiful i couldn't find a time when to stop it so i felt it was uh only right we let the whole thing breathe um with fourth of july upon us matt how you doing tonight i'm doing even better now i'm uh, i'm dreaming of eating hot dogs and slamming s'mores on the fourth after that song all time one of my favorites brings you back to sandlot just an incredible incredible song one of uh one of the best compositions in american history i would say agreed and uh i think a lot of us can agree that should be the replacement for our uh our national anthem just get ray charles song out there it's the best maybe throw in the ad-libs too i wouldn't hate that no not at all it's the best part of the song <laughs> um yeah so i figure with the big holiday coming up you know play a little uh patriotic music by none other than ray um but yeah got a good uh good episode planned for tonight let's jump right into it talking about 
the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Milwaukee and ATL, they played tonight, game four in Atlanta. Big news out of that, Giannis, man. Hyperextended his knee, maybe done more than that. I don't know. Um, that did not look good. That did not look good at all. No, it didn't. It was uh, it was tough. Came down on a, on a rebound and just – I saw a screenshot on Twitter of the injury, and his shit was completely inverted, bent the wrong way. It looked bad. Um, I follow this medical or this uh, sports doctor on Twitter. Uh, shout out Dr. Narav Pandaya. He tweeted out guy. after. <laughs> yeah, big, big fan of uh, following him. But he tweeted out after uh, the injury happened. Horrible. The degree he hyperextended is not good. Best case could be a bone bruise. Worst case, an ACL meniscus injury. Either way, his season is likely over. Too short a time to even turn around um, a non-operative injury. So doesn't look good for the Bucks. Doesn't look good for Giannis. Another star goes down. It's a bummer. Yeah, and like I just remember when Steph, I think he hyperextended his elbow back a couple years ago, and like I think that was like 2016. It may have been, and those are the injuries that like don't have you know six to twelve months recovery timelines. But when they happen, those are some of the most gruesome looking ones outside of like. Uh, compound fractures because their legs or their elbows are always going in the inverted way and yeah. i feel like one that hurts like hell and then two just like that shock factor of feeling your knee just buckle inside it's Oof. just oh man um yeah. but yeah the hits keep coming i think uh adam silver is getting a lot of heat um i don't know if we talked about this last week but i saw an interesting little note or not interesting but kind of a sad and depressing note about how many players have been injured this playoffs um after the first round every single team has had an injury to their second or best second or first or second best player so that's Embiid on the Sixers Harden and Kyrie on the Nets Kawhi on the Clippers Paul on the Suns Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz Jamal Murray for the Nuggets although that was in the regular season Trey Young missed tonight with an ankle injury Giannis busted up his knee um Anthony not to Davis. mention Anthony Davis is growing uh LeBron kind of nursing that ankle um, and all the other players that didn't even make, didn't even play in the playoffs, like Jalen Brown and, and things like that. So tough year. Um, you rush a season back, you try to jam in a bunch of games. Um, you know, some of these players got far in the um, playoffs last year in the bubble and, and didn't have too much time off and injuries are showing and they're rushing this, this playoffs too, to get people ready for the Olympics. So, um, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's tough. It's such a bummer when you don't get to see your favorite or the best basketball players at the highest level of competition. I think everybody can agree playoff basketball is like completely different than regular season basketball. So when you don't get your Trey Youngs, your Giannis's, people like that, when you don't get them at full health or even get them to play, it just it fucking sucks. It brings down the quality of the hoops. Um, but that's when other people step up, right? My guy uh... – Cam Reddish for the Hawks. He was looking nice tonight. Um, cool guy. Coming off from an injury, he's been out for a while and kind of their uh, sneaky little guy they've had in the background for a while. I think it took a big risk on him, drafting him pretty early two years ago. Um, he's shown flashes of being a very good starting swingman. And tonight he kind of got his chance to really shine with Trey out. And for a Duke guy, I, I mean – Cam Reddish, he's cool. He's hella, he's so good, man. His his stroke is nice when he's hitting. 
defensively, he's really strong. Um, just like the, the flow, Oxford. the way he plays. It's so yeah. fluid. It's so smooth. Probably the coolest player that's come out of Duke since, I don't know, Jason Tatum. For sure, since Jason. I mean, Zion's not cool, but he's he's good. Right. He's kind right. of a dork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really, uh, you know, rep his fits very well, but um, yeah. Yeah, and this is after um, Chris Milton had the big game, game three, where he kind of took over. I don't know about the Bucks, man. I I just feel like, I mean, everybody talks about Bud not being able to make adjustments. And I was talking about this earlier. Like, it sounds really dumb to say, but like, if they don't do, if they're not doing their game and not playing it well, they are just not a good team. They just continue to try to shoot threes because it works for them. But when they go cold, they just, like tonight, they get blown out of the gym and they do not adjust and try to do anything different. Um, now, if Giannis is down, I don't, <laughs> Go yeah. Hawks, I guess. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, you come out 2-1. You're playing in Atlanta. I mean, Bud's got to be nailing it home to these guys in the locker room. you got to steal this game, go back home. You get two chances to close it out. I mean, it's crazy to me that they come out that flat. They shot eight for 39 from three. Um, but it's like, how many just, times has that happened? Like, in the playoffs, right. there's every series, they've had at least one or two games where eight for 40, seven of 39, you know, it's like mm-hmm. – <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't look good. And uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, like even when Giannis was before he got hurt in the third, they just they looked like shit. They were down what 10, 12 points at half. Um, nothing was really clicking for him. And like we saw with Chris Middleton in game three, he went off and it made the game a lot easier and it opened up a lot of stuff for him and Giannis. But like when neither of them could get it going, none of the other guys are doing much. I was looking for close personal friend Bobby Portis to have a career game and kind of open it up and and make a difference but nothing man it was it was bad they didn't have anything for him tonight yeah it it really is just drew holiday and middleton trying to get buckets and tonight neither of them shot too well and they got blown out like middleton had 16 holiday had 19 um and then you look around the court around the rest of the team it's like you're lucky to get a few corner threes from pj tucker that's all he can do um, you know, Brooke Lopez just continues to chuck and shoot at a low rate. Um, and then it's like, who else do you got? Like Connaughton, Brent Forbes, they, you. they're just, and then even Giannis, like he, you just kind of crowd the paint and eventually they're going to figure it out. And then you put him at the free throw line and we all know what happens when he goes to the free throw line. <laughs> it starts counting. By the way, I know, I know you're, you weren't a fan of, uh, the Trey Young is balding chance. What do you think of Atlanta counting down with uh, Giannis at the line? I know you heard Love him in game that. three. Yeah. I think so that's the Nets amazing. Kinda did that. The Nets kind of did it, but not as loud as Atlanta. Um, I would love Atlanta to did it all fucking game. Yeah. The, every single time. They're just, every time he went to the line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that one. I think that one's a lot better than like a, a high school varsity basketball style player. A is balding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was pretty crafty and, uh, it looked like they were getting in his head the first few times he went up there. And he still does it. He's still going to take his sweet ass time. I love how the crowd kind of goes bananas when he goes over 10, which is like, every yeah, single yeah, time. Like, Ooh, we counted to 12. What the fuck? <laughs> I honestly forgot that was a rule outside of when I like would play 2K and like set the controller down and forget there's a, a, a shot clock on the free throws. Yeah, take a piss break and you come back and it's already <laughs> inbounded down the court. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the fuck? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so the game's the series is tied at at two, not at deuces. Back to uh, Milwaukee for uh, game five. Um, right. New series. What do you what do you uh, what are your predictions? Obviously, it really depends on who gets healthy first. But assuming right. Trey comes back, Giannis doesn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, assuming the trade comes back and Giannis is still out, I think Atlanta takes it for sure. But even if Giannis does come back and Trey needs a game or two, I mean, between Bogey and uh, Bogdanovich and Lemon Pepper Lou, the Hawks were Dude. clicking, man. They didn't really need, need Trey Young in, uh, at all tonight. I think yeah, Lou Will had like 21. Bogey went off for 20. hit six threes, four steals. Like, he's everywhere. Um, so if those guys are going to continue to be difference makers like that, I'd I don't see any reason that Atlanta shouldn't win the series. Bogey, man, he is he is something to watch. He is I'm a huge fan of his. I cannot believe too. the Kings let him go for nothing. The Bucks got to be happy kicking themselves. Oh, I know. I I'm a big fan of his. The Bucks got to be kicking themselves having him just bust their ass night in and night out when they had it. They literally had him on their team and they got oh, caught for tampering. Right. Yeah. Oh, I they forgot. They had a they... sign and trade with with Bogey, and then. They got buzzed for tampering. He walked, and then Atlanta picked him up for literally nothing. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that the Kings and and uh, the Bucks had like a, a trade sign and trade deal worked out, but he didn't approve it. And he yeah, was he like, was like, "I'm not, not fucking it. signing with the Bucks. Like, you're <laughs> tripping. I'm I'm hitting the market." Yeah, and he went out and signed a deal with the Hawks. And I mean, when he's played, he's looked pretty good. This series, he hasn't played well, but uh, tonight he turned it around and and then looked really good when it mattered. Yeah, he's been nursing a knee injury, if I remember kind of like I think Reggie Miller yeah. was very vocal about it to start the series. And yeah, he's it, it's <laughs> the Hawks have such a good cast and and like and reddish if he, when he gets back. I mean, Click Capella's making Larry Bird style behind the backboard shots. That was bananas. John Collins is nasty. Even um what's his face? The the rookie they Danilo. got Danilo oh. just the big Italian, the big ragu. He's he's looking good out there, <laughs> right? Um, Chris Dunn got some run tonight. That's the first time I think he's played. Cam Reddish, who was the first time he's played since February. He got yeah. hurt, was in a walking boot for a few months, and this is the first time he's laced it up since then. So, shout out to the young boy for uh, for coming out and playing well with all that time off, four months off, and didn't really seem to miss a beat. Yeah, the best with the Hawks too long term is. I would like to think they'll they'll get some money back eventually from like Gallinari and Chris Dunn. Not to say they gave Chris Dunn that much money, but you get those two off the books, you get they'll probably go. They have to sign Collins long term at this point now. Um, yeah, they're good. They're going to be good for a while, assuming everybody kind of stays in mesh as well. And Nate, Nate McMillan seems to uh, connect well with the team. Um, I did not see this coming so quickly, but kudos to them. Kudos to. Uh, whatever the guy's, uh, the GM's name that came from the Warriors. Um, yep. Like I forgot his name, but he kind of built, he built a good team. Sure. Um, and on the other side of the coast, we got uh, the battle of no finals winners <laughs> in a mm-hmm. clip show in the Suns. That's at three to two now. Um, playoff P, pandemic P, whatever you want to call him. He is, and one of the most, non i guess did anybody expect him to kind of turn it on like this and sort of keep them alive i know i sure as hell didn't but um, oh man i thought they were done for when Kawhi went out 
I mean, I, I assumed that that Paul George would elevate his game a little bit just because he absolutely had to. I mean, who else on their team? We'll get into that in a minute, but who else is really going to make up for all those holes that, that Kawhi leaves? And Paul George absolutely is doing that. I mean, as much fun as it is to, to poke fun at him and call him pandemic P and all that shit. I mean, he's proven people wrong, which is which is great to see. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the Paul George that was – I think he even said he was trying to get back to his Oklahoma city year. Like that was the highest level we've seen him play. And it's, it's good to see him back at this style of play. Cause he's so fucking smooth. I mean, he had he Chris Paul really on skates. His style of play is just so smooth. And when he's going, he is pretty much unstoppable just due to his size, his strength, his ability to shoot. The way he's able to control his body, like how shifty he is, how smooth he goes to the rim. I mean, you could tell like Ty Lue is really just kind of like letting him play his game and it makes a huge difference. Like he mentioned, Doc, like he wasn't really vibing with the way that Doc Rivers wanted to use him last year. Must have been awkward that he's playing for his ex-girlfriend's dad who he cheated on. on. <laughs> yeah. Just all Tell me the coach doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, me? You got to be kidding. Yeah. Um, overall, not a good situation to be in. And now that Ty Lue took over. I forget. I saw a stat about Ty Lue uh, earlier today. Something about him in elimination games. He's what is it, like two. eleven and ten and two, yeah. which is incredible. When you look back, he coached that Cavs team that beat the Warriors. Um, and I mean, with with the injuries that that Cavs team had coming back from down three to one, nobody saw that coming. So, uh, yeah, man, they're doing well. Um, will they be able to rip off two more wins in a row? That I don't know. Um, but what they're doing right now, what they did last game, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Just unsung heroes all around. Reggie, Bobby, Schmerta, Jackson, then not yep. <laughs> talk about people you didn't expect to play well. I, he's such a funny guy. He's, he's just like been known as such a goofball and like people think he fell off just due to the fact that he wasn't good. He's been hurt for so long and in Detroit and He's got nothing to lose for this team. Like he, he kind of like fell onto their team last year in a buyout. Um, Such a weird pickup. Like, how did a player of his caliber get bought out and end up on like a whatever it was minimum contract with the Clippers? It's crazy. Yeah, and he was playing hurt last year, so even then it was just like he's just this goofball on the end of the bench. And then he comes out with like his his out his getup of like the sleeves, like the the okay. the goggles, the headband. It's just like you can't be serious. And he comes out and he's the second lean scorer. He was the third lean scorer when Kawhi was there. He's mm -hmm. set for himself this, up to, to, yeah. be, to get a bag this summer. Like, Oh, he's going to get a pretty sizable bag. Just yeah. in this series alone, he's averaging 22 points a game and shooting 37% from three. So it's, <laughs> I mean, fuck, I was watching last night and like he had that stretch where he hit like a 27 footer, a couple step, a couple steps back from the three. And then he had like that in transition, he had a quick crossover hesitation on, um, Shit, I forgot who the who the guard on Phoenix was, but was it had Cam? Just, is it Cam or Jay? I mean, it may have been someone slow. I take that back because that dude was just stuck. And Reginald came down, hit a little hezzy, took a couple more dribbles, and just banged out on, before a timeout. And I was like, "What?" He's nice, <laughs> dude. He's I know bouncy. he's bouncy, but he's been good. When yeah. people forget when when Russell Westbrook went down with that knee injury in in the OKC and missed what uh, was it a full year or three quarters of a year, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Jackson kind of came up out of nowhere and that was like his coming out party. That's 
what led him to get the the pretty good size bag in Detroit. So he's always been able to play. He's just kind of coming off that injury bug, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. But another unsung hero for the Clips, our boy Boogie, man, played, I think, maybe Boogie. 11 or two. Boogie, man, 11 or 12 minutes last night, scored 15 points in those minutes, played amazing D um, on the inside. Like, he looked really quick, looked slim. I love it. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets either – an elevated role in the Clippers next year, or is able to find a home and maybe come up with another nice payday because he deserves it. And the way he rides for his teammates and shit, I don't know if you heard him in the post game talking about Paul George, you know, I've just got to give that man his flowers. He's one of the best to ever doing in the playoffs. That is debatable, but uh, <laughs> it's at, it's admirable how much he, uh, he rides for his boys. I love that. Yeah, and that's another hat tip to to Ty Lu. I think what he's been doing is he's been playing small against when Aiton's on the floor, and then going to a little bit of a bigger lineup when he's off the floor. So Boogie's going up against like Sarish, which puts he's him in a position to just throw a whole old boy out the out the gym. So like still strong, as ever. He, yeah. So he's still getting he's going to get looks because just of his size and just sheer force against someone like Shark and. It's working, man. It's, it's making Monty kind of dig into his bag and sort of counter. Um, this is kind of the coaching you love to see in these two oh, yeah. teams. And um, I hope this game, this series goes seven. I think like Jay Crowder is always going to be a fun element to a series. Obviously, you got Pat Bev and his shenanigans. You got Chris Paul and his shenanigans. He's, I saw a, a tweet saying yeah. Chris Paul walks like an assistant principal. <laughs> as he kind of like, <laughs> which I can't get that out of my head because. <laughs> he does look like somebody that has like a, a key ring of like 45 keys to a bunch of different doors and he's just looking to just like slap stuff out of people's hands and tell them to get back to class yep <laughs> just like pulling people out of the lunch line for cutting <laughs> he has that little like wobble to him and then him being like his like his big lower body he just <laughs> The assistant principal is just <laughs> that's incredible. I, I, I didn't see that, that tweet, but that's really good. <laughs> that's really, really good. I love that. <laughs> Fucking Chris uh, Paul, man. And yeah, I mean, the, the personnel boy campaign, dude. I was just gonna say, campaign. oh yeah, go on. My bad. It's the personnel in this series is just so fun. You got another guy, campaign. Like I said, players that maybe not a big haven't been a big fan of historically, but when I see them just kind of dominating and be playing way outside of what people expect, like you can't hate them anymore. It just did whatever dislike I had for that player just goes out the window. Cause like, they're just proving people like me wrong. So can't gotta love that gotta campaign love that. for this series, averaging 10 points a game, five assists. And another one that stood out to me in these five games in this uh, Western conference finals, he's only thrown three turnovers and he's yeah. running the, running the team, especially when Chris Paul was out those two games, like, he has ran the entire team and only thrown three turnovers, which says a lot. He's really worked on his game, um, and he's going to get himself a nice payday. I was interested looking at that today, and um, just kind of the career arc that he has has had has been pretty wild. Being drafted by the Thunder in the lottery in 2015, um, traded uh, with Joffrey Laverne and Anthony Morrow to the Bulls, <laughs> in 2017 then they wave him in 2019 he comes back on a couple 10 days bounces around to the Cavs, the raptors 
And then finally last year signed a, like, I think a one in one with the Suns mm-hmm. um, for not a whole lot of dough. I think maybe a mill or two. And I think you know, unless he has an option coming up this year, he's going to find himself, I think, with a nice payday in free agency. Yeah. And not to mention when he was in Chicago, there was that report of like an executive being like, this guy has no business being in the league. Like that, yeah, that quote that. came out of his like training camp. I mean, he, again, you're just known as like the guy who dances with Westbrook and rightfully so. He's just like, he's just a funny ass looking dude to watch. He's like super short. He has his like to the left side jump shot. He's just, yeah, the jumper's but, not very pretty, but he's quick. He makes good decisions. He's starting to knock down his shots and like, that was what made him nice at um, Moorhead. He was he was nasty, and that's what got him a uh, what fourteenth overall pick. Yeah, um, last pick in the lottery. Yeah, and of course the media is like, are the Suns better when Chris Paul is out because they ran more, they moved the ball oh, a little God. bit more. I I don't agree, but it was fun watching <laughs> him sort of run the show there. Absolutely. Um, and the last player most important player on the team right now is DeAndre Ayton, newly nicknamed what? The Dominator. <laughs> Possibly the worst nickname that, uh, that's been given out during this postseason. It's trash. It just, it, it makes no sense. It, I mean, I guess you got to throw it on his basketball reference. He doesn't have a, a nickname just yet, but that's the best you can do. Just the Dominator. I mean, it's not good for a guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's playing really well especially like in this postseason, but he's playing historically well. Right. But that's not what I think of when I think of, uh, when I think of Deandre Aiden is just the sheer domination. That's, that's like preserved for people like Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. There is. And it's just not not like the field goal. No, it's not a cool nickname. Um, but he is just, you could say he's dominating the paint, but he's, Nothing that he's doing is dominating enough to give him a nickname with that shit. So. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to come up uh, with something much cooler than that. Yeah. But, I mean, for, for reference, he is shooting at the highest field goal percentage in NBA history in the playoffs. Um, Pretty good. 22, 22 rebounds last night. He's averaging, what, 18 and 13 this series. He's he's putting up numbers as, as, as people expected him to do when they drafted him first overall a couple years back. So, right. um, you know, I'm still out on big men right now, but he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's changing my mind. I think this series also plays very well for him just because the Clippers have, you know, traditionally plays Zubach and, and I guess now boogie. Um, but we'll see in the next round, next round should play well for him too. If they play the Hawks, they got Capella and then, the Bucks will be botting up against Brooke Lopez and Giannis at sometimes. Yeah, I think he's going to have a favorable favorable matchup either way. I'm excited to see uh, see how it gets if if they advance. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, playoffs should wrap up by the time we chat next week, probably, which will be interesting. Um, we'll do some yep. finals preview. Um, but in the midst of all that, we've had some uh, interesting, to say the least, coaching hires. So I'll touch on the two that don't have a lot of uh, baggage onto them. The, the Indiana Pacers brought on uh, formerly the Mavericks head coach and, and Rick Carlisle. Very expected, very boring. Um, we'll see yeah. how that goes. I, That's a fucking snooze of a hire. It's a snooze of a hire. He's a snooze of a coach. Um, I, he's he, eating off he's, that one championship. He's eating off the one championship and being lucky to transition from Dirk to Luca. 
Um, right. With that, he hasn't won a playoff series since that championship. So 2011 in 10 years, he has not won a playoff series and yeah. he's been pretty much at the top of most people's coaching carousels. So yeah. I don't like it. I think it's going to keep Indiana in mediocrity, which I'm fine with. Sorry, yep. Kev. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah. He ain't turning around the dots. Hey, <laughs> love you, Kev. Excited to hear your take on this. Our, uh, our Pacers correspondent. <laughs> we might need to, fo- we might need to phone you in for the, for the start of the season for the Pacers. Oh, preview. Yeah. We'll gladly phone you in and, and please, please drop us in the comments with a rebuttal. uh the next one is the uh the celtics kind of a surprising hire in emo doka um former spur played on some of those like 2007 ish popovich spurs team um not the sexiest player in the sense of stats and and, and history but he was solid he's been a good coach and he's kind of been around the rumor mill for the last couple years as sort of like a you know i guess wishful thinking hire one of those that like people won't really make that jump Surprising for the Celtics to make it. I think it's a really good move for them. Um, I, I have a take on these coaches once we run through them in a second, but um, I think it's someone that they need and that that's going to make them be successful. And he's married to Nia, Nia Long, so you get a little uh, um, Nia Long in your uh, in your action in your life as a Celtics fan. So kudos to that. Yeah, I love that part. That's amazing. I didn't know that until I was doing my research on email today that he was married. I had no to idea Nia either. Long. <laughs> what a wild way to just sneak that in there. I mean, if if I was married to Nia Long, everyone in the fucking world would know it. That's all I'll say. But yeah. after watching his uh his Celtics press conference, um, like it, it kind of makes sense. He's a very kind of like a soft spoken, um, not like not a very big public speaker. You could tell he he didn't really answer the questions at length. He you could tell he's very much like a, a hoops dude who who's gonna connect with his players, but not really gonna be um uh like a media guy yeah. um but great great hire for for the Celtics he coached that 2019 um team USA World Cup team that had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart on it um i mean he he coached he was on Popovich's staff in San Antonio for 7 years then did a year in uh, in Philly and this past year was on uh, on the bench with Steve Nash in Brooklyn um and yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be great. He's known to build relationships with these guys, kind of like a player's coach, but sounds like Tatum and Brown are, are excited to have him in the locker room because he's known to, to hold guys accountable, um, whether it's your superstar or new rook or, or 10-year vet, whoever it is. So it should be interesting. And one more thing that I read about that today is that he's rumored to have Damon Stoudemire joining him on his staff, Mighty Mouse, That's which sick. is super As, sick. Where was he before that, Damon? I believe he coached at University of Pacific. Okay. Damn. That's a sick little ad. Yeah. Um, I love that. Dude, that's where the, I guess I'll say now that's where like the league is going from a coach perspective. Um, like I think over time, ex players, some of these like, you know, player relationship coaches are, you know, I think gone in the days are these like old school systems guys like your Carlisle's and, I'll just say it. You just need more black coaches. They connect better with the players, um, especially if they Absolutely. played previously. Um, and that's what it's with, with this like AAU social media, like younger kids and generation, like it's less about the system and the X's and O's right now. It's just like, can you connect with these guys and get them to want to play for you and play for you long-term and um, do a lot of like mentorship and training in that regard and not be some like frumpy old white dude, you know, banging on the clipboard. 
Um, exactly. I think this is yeah. like one of the smartest things Boston's done. And you, yeah. like the, they have young guys who are forward thinking on their team and they need somebody that they can relate to and want to play for, like you said. Yeah. And like, I still hope Becky Hammond gets a job. I still hope, um, yeah, fucking blink on her name. Uh, why the fuck am I blank? Don Staley. I hope they get a chance. Um, like they're equally as good and able, and able to connect, um, with their players and, um, yeah, I'm excited to see the new the new vacancies pop up. Like, you gotta assume Sacramento's next. You know, <laughs> maybe Minnesota. <laughs> no, I don't like, know about that. <laughs> um, they need to be. Yeah, yeah. I like where it's going. Um, there's a few coaches that have some history, and we'll talk about them in just a second. But um, I think it's a good it's a good hire that sets a good example and precedent for the league ahead to get someone like Ime Udoka in the Celtics organization. Um, I was bummed to see Penny turn down the Orlando job. I think he's got a great home in Memphis as their head coach, but he was another name that was surfacing, which would have been so sick to have him back coaching in, in, in Orlando. But yeah, um, I guess we'll wait for another opening for him to take a job there. But he's got to be next as in the coaching carousel. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I saw today that Penny Hardaway is adding uh, Larry Brown to his staff in Memphis, which is no way. So fucking weird. I never would have thought that. Old Unless Larry I was Brown. getting trolled on the internet. Pretty sure, dude. Almost positive. That's Which wild. I know Mike Miller was on his staff. Yeah. Um, I think Mike Miller left at the beginning of this past year to take another coaching opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, right here, reported 15 minutes ago by Yahoo, Penny Hardaway will not coach Magic, reportedly yeah. hires Hall of Famer Larry Brown as Memphis assistant. <laughs> Which is so weird. But How fucking cool, old man. is Larry Brown? He's 80 years old. Dude, he's old. He's old as shit. I don't know. He has no business going into work any day. Like, just working. What with, are you doing? Working with great Enjoy your retirement. Kids. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, what are you going to do to. <laughs> like, imagine him trying to coach Wiseman two years ago. Like, what the fuck is he oh going to say to him? Well, that's why he needs uh, Penny Hardaway. He's damn near like a translator to his old white ass. <laughs> Hey Penny, what did he say? <laughs> he's got he's got to have a little Gen Z translator of like, was that a good thing yeah. or a bad thing? Cap, I'm not. What? I'm not wearing a cap. <laughs> Why are you yelling? <laughs> Don't worry, Larry. Go sit down. Take yeah, your medicine. Yeah, juice is over there, Larry. Um, yeah, we got cranberry juice on the sideline for you. <laughs> that damn Allen Iverson. <laughs> Uh, but on a more coaching carousel and a little bit of a more you know negative note, um, mm. two players that have some some troubling history got hired recently. Chauncey Billups, the one like I guess less known, Chauncey Billups to the Blazers. Um, everybody knows him, Big Shot Bob, played for the Pistons, um, has been analyst on ESPN for a while. He's recently been a Clippers head coach, um, assistant coach, assistant coach. Sorry. Um, not a lot of people knew about this, but I guess he has a accusation of sexual assault back in 97 that got surfaced up around the time he um, was being interviewed and took the job. So immediately going into the job in a sticky situation, um, especially when you have two really solid and, and you know credible female coaches on the door, knocking on the door as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to really say about it. Um, Phillips, not a good guy back in the day. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's a bummer. I had no clue about it until I saw something on Twitter that pretty much the day he got hired, of course, like everything else comes out. Um, people were slandering Damian Lillard because I guess somebody had asked him, I think somebody in the front office had asked him, who would you prefer um, out of this pool of people that we're going to be interviewing? And he said he wanted J kid or he wanted Chauncey Billups. Um, and then as soon as Billups got hired, people were in Damian Lillard's mentions being like, oh, so this is who you prefer. This is who you support. Somebody who was uh, allegedly charged with uh, sexual assault back in uh, 1997 or, or whatever it is. I don't want to misquote it. Um, but Dame pretty much right. said like, I, yeah, I had no clue uh, what went on when I was seven years old. Sorry, I didn't read old news articles, but all right, cool. Like keep that energy for show. Um, and Chris Haynes then wrote an article right after that. I don't know if you saw it. Pretty much saying uh, Dame has remained loyal in Portland, large part to the tremendous fan base. But over the last few days, he's seen some of these fans attacking him on social media for a pending coach hire. He played no part in consummating. Um, and then pretty much said, like, if this keeps up, it could drive Dame out of Portland. Yeah, I mean, it's Portland's a very – liberal city and so you expect that sort of backlash and not to say billups should be let off the hook in any way and I, I do think i mean you saw some of the press conference like billups is ready to take on the questions and answer them and, and speak to it and take accountability um so it's not like he's doing you know shit that other people may have done and just like deny 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 or act like he doesn't know what's going on like he's fully aware of his past and i think he's you know he's probably had to answer it to answer to it before and to blame Dame to be like he should know about this, like I like I said, That's I don't ridiculous. think anybody really know knew about this, and I if no so clue. it would have been brought up when he was you know winning championships in 04, brought up in um, when he was kind of retiring and getting his flowers and stuff like that. So yeah, it, like I said, he's in no way off the hook. I think he needs to step up and, and not let you know Portland's PR team you know bat away the questions like they did today. I thought that was kind of bush league. Um, yeah, it wasn't a also good look, very but... fucking awkward. Like he was like ready to answer it, and Lady Ch bounced in and was like, eh, "We're not going to answer these questions. Move on." Well, did you see a uh, old boy next to him when he was drinking his water? He heard the question and kind of gave the PR lady like eyes, like "Do your like, job." Cut it off, cut Click it next. Off. Yeah, I mean, to Chauncey's defense, uh, he did. Uh, that was I watched the press conference today. Like that was the first thing he said was, "I'd love to. I want to address what happened back in '97." You know, I've learned a lot, this and that, like I have like with my wife, my three daughters, this and that. So like you, like you said, he, he does want to tackle it head on and people do fuck up and make mistakes. I don't really want to speak too much on it. Cause I don't know what happened. According to him, the things that happened were consensual according to the victim. They were not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I basketball wise focusing on just that. I think he is a great fit for Portland and I think he is going to be a good coach. I don't know yeah, if you want to leave I, it at that. <laughs> yeah, we can leave it at that. Like I said, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I think Lillard. I, I so yeah, it's, sometimes, man. <laughs> I feel bad for Lillard all the time. It's fun to poke at him and talk about all the chips on his shoulder and how he's always the the low man. But I mean, fuck, does he ever like catch a break on social media or wherever? Like people are constantly talking shit, just. In his mentions. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it. they probably are sensing him wanting to leave. And so they're just like being extra annoying about it. And that's the last thing you want to do is, is run him out of town when he's done nothing but make your, your city and team relevant for the last 10 plus years. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I agree. Billups has always been sort of like the guy who's like, I mean, he, he, on ESPN, he's a great analyst. Like he's, he's really good. Very thoughtful. He's analytical. He's not like saying wild ass shit. Like, like other point guards, Jay Williams or, or like <laughs> Ryan Hollins and all those scrubs. Andrew um, Perkins. Hey man, I like Perk. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Boosa bitch. Boost, Boosa bitch. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, but no, I, I think Billis will be good, assuming he kind of gets, you know, like I said, takes his takes his licks, you know, you know, definitely, like I said, I, I I like that he's taking it head on and not trying to shy away from it and act like it didn't happen. In no way is he um off the hook, but best you can do is take it on, take accountability and and you know try to win people over and, and show that, you know, you have changed and grown from it. So absolutely. Yeah. We'll see for the, how the Blazers go. They got some, some personnel things to do. Zach Collins just went down again with another fracture to his foot. So yeah, he's, he's got free some shit luck. Yeah. But um, another interesting <laughs> tidbit about the hiring for the Blazers is they initially had Jay Kidd um, mm-hmm. circled as their guy. And we were actually looking through this today before we got on, but he was the front runner for the job. And about a week or two ago, he kind of, he pulled out for reasons that no one really knew. Um, it turns out he pulled out because he was getting the same sort of pressure that Billups got for his history of domestic abuse, where he pled guilty back in what, 2001, 2001 for domestic abuse um, and had a few other little, you know, Nick's on his rap sheet around like DUIs and things like that. So he doesn't have the greatest history to him. Um, he ended up he pled guilty. Job. Yeah. Oh yeah. There wasn't guilty. allegations. Like he pled very guilty to to domestic abuse while he was still playing. And I think that's the reason he got traded to, uh, to the nets from Phoenix is because of that, all that hoopla. Yeah. Yeah. So he, not a great guy. He ended up taking a job for the Mavericks and took Rick Carlisle's place. Um, the Mavericks, man, they just have a bad history of bringing in and handling just scumbag people. I mean, they had that those internal issues two years ago from like HR perspective. They brought on Chris Stapps Porzingis, who for some reason his like allegations got lost in the wind. Um, right. And then now you got Jay Kidd, uh, but he won a championship with them. They say he's going to be a great connection with Luca. We'll see. Um, I don't think he's a great coach, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he coached one year. I think it was one year with the Nets back in 2013. Is that when they just uh, – I think that's kind of when they they made that trade for KG, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, right? Isn't that that team? Or was it the year after that? So he was coaching the Bucks. Remember, he so was he the one the... who initially got um, – he was coaching – or was it the Nets, then the Bucks? So it was the Nets for, I think, a year, and then he got canned, and then he coached That's four right. years in Milwaukee from 2014 to 2018. And then That's when right. he got fired from Milwaukee because they hired Bud, um, he's been the Lakers' assistant for two years. Um, and, I mean, when you shit the bed as a head coach, usually I would love to see you go to a team as an assistant, kind of like Mike, Bra- Mike, Mike Brown did, excuse me, um, and – I mean, I don't know, learn some more tricks for your bag before you get another head coaching opportunity. I don't necessarily know if he did that. I don't know if him being in LA really made that big of a difference with the, uh, with the bubble championship. I don't, I think it's safe to say any team with LeBron doesn't, the coach doesn't really make too big of a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I don't love the hiring. I don't really love that J kid's kind of a scumbag, but 
I think yeah. they're, I think Dallas is going to continue to be what they have been. And that's like a mediocre playoff team. I don't think Jake Kidd's going to change that. No, I mean, he's most successful for doing that fucking bump into me. So I spill a drink to get a timeout thing back in uh, <laughs> right. on the nets. Um, the famous gif. Yeah. And like the Lakers thing, everybody thought he was just going to like slowly just kick Vogel out of the, out of the situation and take the head coaching job. Vogel ended up winning a championship and now they're kind of stuck with him. Um, right. They really are they, stuck with they're him. They're stuck with Vogel. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good way to put but yeah, it. I mean, I think if anything, it's just like, it's just work history to say like, Hey, I've been coaching and I won a championship as an assistant coach, like resume checkbox. Um there's a reason why he wasn't brought on the head coach for the Lakers. I mean, I think if he was that good of a, of a candidate, they would have given him the head coaching job over Vogel. Um, I think it's just like a, I don't know if the Mavericks had a lot of options and they thought they could make that connection with J kid being a you know lifelong Maverick and all that shit. And I don't see this working out. Well, I think him and Luca will clash eventually. Luca's starting to Absolutely. kind of come off as a, and rightfully so, a very uh, high maintenance player, but bit of a diva. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you could probably take away from it is like I remember Giannis being kind of up in arms when when Kid got fired. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't really care for the maps, so we'll see how they go. Yeah, I think it was like you mentioned. I think it was quote unquote maybe like the the sexiest pick that they could have hired. He won a chip with them. He's a big name. He's known as one of the greatest point guards ever. So especially with a guy like uh, like Cuban, he's all about the headlines. He's all about the names. He wanted to get somebody with a, with a big name in there to coach his team. I think that's yeah. what it was. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, and just like the, uh, the Blazers, Mavericks have way more personnel issues than they do uh, coaching issues right now. So we'll see how they transpire over the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> so we got some more big scumbag talk and interesting – scummy-ish talk coming up next geez yeah it's been kind of a weird episode sorry everybody yeah no it's, i love it i love it We're we can't control it. the news yeah no jokes tonight people um <laughs> but uh another legend has been in the news lately um six-time champion uh what gold medal winner um nba all defensive top 50 team. player all defensive player scotty piven um has been in the news and not for his uh wife or ex-wife larsa with larsa with uh either getting into fights with kim kardashian or, or sleeping around with malik beasley or something um he's jumping on a jet with future <laughs> forgot about future um he's been uh he's been in some news doing some very interesting uh interviews um where do you want to start with this one do you want to start with why he's probably in the press or do you want to just jump into the interviews and go from there? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's fair to set the stage. Scotty Pippen is releasing his own uh, bourbon called digits. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's on a bit of a press tour right now to, I mean, I'm I'm assuming on his side, mainly he wants to talk about his bourbon, but every show he goes on every interview he does, people are asking about MJ. They're pissing him off. Um, and yeah, I mean, he did a GQ article. Was that the first thing that, that kind of put him in the news that, that came out? What, four, four days ago, five days ago? Yeah. So like, I think even taking a step further from there is he kind of started getting a little chirpy after the last dance. I think he kind of got a bad looking rap in that documentary. And then I don't know if he's parlayed that 
he probably has parlayed that documentary just to kind of getting back out and, and marketing himself. But yeah, the first thing after he sort of announced his release of digits was the GQ article. And the mm-hmm. big takeaway from that was his whole like um, LeBron is the only player to like have won on his own and KD is not that great. And the, the chaos yeah. sort of ensued from there. Yeah, it led KD to clap back on Twitter and be like, oh, weren't you the guy that wouldn't go in the game because they drew up a play for a better shooter? <laughs> which <laughs> which then led uh, Scottie Pippen to go on the Dan Patrick show. And, well, I guess he said it in the GQ article too, called Phil Jackson a racist for drawing up that last play in 94 for Tony Kukoc rather than him. Um, and, yeah, man, he's just continuing to say wild shit. He's got a crazy haircut now and – Looks like he's been boozing a lot. Yeah, boozing a lot. I mean, every interview he's been he's saying, got, yeah, he's got that bottle sitting on the table. He's drinking it while he's talking, and you can kind of sense a little like drunkenness in his voice. Like the whole calling Phil Jackson a racist. That interview with with Dan Patrick is like so awkward. He's like, "Hey, you know what happened? He didn't put me in. Why else would he do that?" And Dan Patrick's like, "I mean, that's a strong allegation. Are you saying he's a racist?" And he's like. I'm not going to say it. Do you speak? He's like insulting. Do you speak people. English? Do you speak English? And it's like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like it. Yeah. It's, I mean, just, I, I'm not going to say that Phil Jackson's not a racist. I don't know. He very well could be. He was the one that referred to uh, Rich Paul and LeBron as a posse, I think. Yep. Or was it, was it a posse or what, what word did he use? Kind of had a negative posse. connotation. It yeah. Posse. Um, and they're professionals. They like to be. Um, referred to as such. Um, Scotty brought up the point that Phil Jackson wrote a book about Kobe and then came back and coached him afterwards. Um, A lot of shit. I mean, Jordan wasn't playing in the 94 season. It was the one year that Scotty got to play without him on the Bulls. He was an MVP candidate. He was really kicking ass. And at the end of a game in uh, 94, Phil Jackson drew up a play for Tony Kukoc to get a last shot with like two seconds left. And Scotty said, I'm not inbounding the ball. If that ball's not coming to me, I'm fucking sitting down. They showed it in the last dance. Um, and obviously, that's been a big, huge co- uh, topic of conversation. And yeah, it led Scotty Pippen to say that Phil Jackson is just a racist and that's why he didn't get the ball. Yeah. And I also love how he referred to himself in the third person every time. Scotty Pippen was almost the MVP. Scotty Pippen was averaging 22 a game. Scotty Pippen was doing this. So you kind of tell me Scotty Pimm is not going to get the ball. Who else is going to get the ball? Dan Patrick. You understand I, English? Scotty, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a, oh, yeah. And, and then Dan Patrick brought up, well, what about when uh, Phil drew up the play for Steve Kerr to hit that that shot against Utah? And, and Pip was like, you think that was real? Jordan hired those cameras to film him, and he planned to tell Steve Kerr, this is coming to you. Phil Jackson didn't draw that up. It. It was all for the ducks. It's all premeditated. It was, it was all for the film. Um, I mean, obviously he still holds a lot of whatever it is, resentment or anything towards MJ. I don't blame him. I'd be annoyed too. If I was second fiddle my whole career and every time your name is brought up, they ask you about Michael Jordan. That would get really fucking annoying, especially when Michael Jordan was shown as kind of a dickhead and is well known to be a dickhead of a teammate. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a little bit pissed off too. But we got yeah. some good quotes from that GQ article. <laughs> yeah, let's see what he said. <laughs> uh, so we got one here. 
Yeah, what's the first uh, there was one you got? <laughs> so there was a question in the GQ article. The uh, the journalist asked him. Um, I think Scotty had mentioned Charles Barkley in the article. I don't know if it was. I think it happened to do with not winning a championship. Of course, he was talking some shit. Um, and the journalist said, "Interesting, you mentioned Charles Barkley because he once said that he would get arrested for murder if you didn't apologize to him for calling him fat after your breakup with the Houston Rockets." For those that don't know, he. Scotty went to the Rockets right after the Bulls, I believe, or was it after the the Blazers? Was One of the, the others. Yeah, with uh, Hakeem and Chuck, they were supposed to go far and win. They didn't do didn't do much. Um, but his response to this was, "I wish he would have went through with it. I never apologized to him, but I'll tell you what, he only got arrested for throwing some little white guys out of a window. I ain't <laughs> never seen him fight a black man unless there were referees around. He plays his role like he's tough. I don't know nobody he done whooped." Go back and check his record. Did I apologize to him? I told him to get me the hell out of there. That's what I recall. <laughs> so there, there like you go. Drunk. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Pippen, a few glasses off the bourbon, just telling everyone that Charles Barkley only beats up little white men and, and not uh not fellow black players. Yeah, and like his quote about Durant was saying that like Durant's only as good as the players he played with. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, and then to say like. LeBron's style is better than his because he takes more of an individual effort. And it's like the reason they won, or one of the biggest reasons they won in 2016 was Kyrie hit that big shot. And it's like, he did not do that on his own. I think he'd be the first one to say that he didn't do it on his own. So um, I don't know. People are saying he's doing it. He's, he's saying sort of speaking out the side of his neck a little bit for just press. There's probably a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of truth to it, but I don't know. I hate seeing legends kind of go out like this just kind of like becoming like the old angry crazy guy. Um, right. I mean, trying to stay yeah. relevant. A lot of the shit that he was saying about Duran LeBron wasn't false though. As far right. as like the reason KD went out with the nets, the way he did is because he was trying to do everything. He was, he played every minute of every, of every, uh, of that last game seven and was too tired to hit the shot at the end. He even said, if it was LeBron, he would have drew a double and kicked it to an open person for the, for the shot. So he's not wrong. He also had a pretty, uh, pretty spot on take about Giannis and Ben Simmons about how Ben Simmons can't shoot and is too embarrassed to go to the free throw line. And Giannis is great because he doesn't give a fuck. He'll go get fouled, airball free throw and go right to the rim again. And pretty much called Ben Simmons a mental midget for not being able to do that. So some of the things he's saying is true and is factual, but, uh, yeah, I think he's just trying to sell some bourbon and, sell his new book that he's got coming out in the fall. Yeah. And when you mentioned about Giannis, I saw a clip of him like in practice and he's just like, I've seen it all, man. I've airballed. I've been crossed. I've been dunked on. I've airballed (laughs) twice. I can only go up from here. (laughs) I fucking love Giannis. He's so self-deprecating and amazing. It's just a fun player to root for. Um, But the thing that I hate about like Pippen is he's going to get dragged for these quotes and you get people like, this dude on ball don't stop and it's all like screen grabs and headlines but the headline that draw drew attention was saying you know scotty pippen is is no different than iguodala um (laughs) iguodala on steroids and jesus it's just like it's it's guys like this dude obviously they're trying to get clicks out of like what he's saying and drag him through the through the mud a little bit but like the point that the guy was pretty much trying to say was like scotty pippen was only good at playing to a style that Iguodala plays, which is like role player, slashing, defender, 
catching off, you know, lobs off the dribble, things like that. Not really a playmaker and shot creator. All true, but that's not to say Scotty is still not one of the greatest small forwards to play, one of the greatest wing players, both two-way to play in their league. And Correct. he's like, Rudy Gay ain't doing this. Like, T-Mac ain't oh doing God. this. He was trying to compare Rudy Gay clips to saying he was better than Scotty Pippen. Like, yeah. He said that, that, that Scotty Pippen isn't hanging 40 in a playoff game like Zach Levine would. Has Zach Levine even played in a fucking playoff game yet? It's just... It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too angry about other people making content, but yeah, that the minute and a half clip that I saw was was really obnoxious, and he got roasted on Twitter for it, um, deservedly so. so. Yeah, like, Scotty was no joke, man. He was fucking nasty. Scotty was cold, like they said in the last dance when when him and Jordan were on the team together. They very well could have been number one and number two players in the league at that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, this guy only had one chance to play at his peak level as, as like the main guy. And, you know, he was facing, he was going after the, the departure of Jordan. They just brought in Kukoc. So it was a little bit of a, you know, win now, sure. rebuild stuff going on. And I mean, he, he finished like what top five in the MVP almost. They, they got bounced in the, the second round of the Knicks, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how Scotty keeps coming out with his release of bourbon. Um, but also, he got a new haircut. Looking like Rick Sanchez, if you don't know, it's Rick <laughs> and Morty. <laughs> yeah, Scotty's new haircut is unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm hoping got, he keeps popping his backing. head out. I was doing some research on the guy he's partnering with. Um, like he's a big-time Napa like wine player, right? Yeah, dude. He's like a David Finney. So he's like a very very successful winemaker in the area and he's sort of starting to play around in the spirits game and mm. i hate the name digits bourbon if i see it i'd love to try it but yeah um, i'd hate if uh, i hate if a bottle just showed up at my place i'd hate to drink it i would but, hate if scotty sent us a bottle to try it on left on air but <laughs> yeah it might have to become the new official uh official drink of dmp who knows <laughs> just unofficially <laughs> adopt a sponsor that we're not even getting paid for yeah, shout out so to Scotty and Digits. <laughs> you want to drink well, we, like the best? You think Phil Jackson's racist? Get some digits in your system. <laughs> Three fingers of digits. No rocks. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Scotty, man, stay relevant. We'll see what happens. Um, yep. Final, final. This has been requested by a few of you. Um, Thank God the Jazz are out of the playoffs, so it's not going to be as relevant as it may have been the other week, but we got to listen to the to the audience and give the people what they want. Um, this week's little dive into the history books is um, about none other than Carl the Mailman Malone. Um, mm-hmm. Some might know him as the power forward for the Utah Jazz, play with Stockton. Some might know him as the uh, second all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Um, so I might know him as a scumbag and I'll let Matt sort of take the floor here and, uh, tell us a little story about, um, Carl Malone's troubling past. Yeah. All time scumbag hate to do it, but, uh, had a few people like Al said, reach out to us and say, what's wrong with the mailman. And if you don't know, now, you know, um, I'm just going to read pretty much an excerpt from his Wikipedia, um, and hopefully educate people on, uh, on why we don't approve and dislike Carl Malone. So here it is. In 1998, the newspaper, The Globe, reported that Carl Malone had been a defendant in paternity lawsuits filed shortly after Malone began his professional basketball career in the late 80s. 
The newspaper alleged that he was the father of three children, two by Benita Ford, a woman approximately his age from his hometown of Summerfield, Louisiana, and the other, Gloria Bell, this is the bad part, who was 13 when she gave birth, while Malone was 21 years old. Just think about that for a second. I'm not not reading anymore. She was in fucking seventh grade, and I believe he was a sophomore in college when he got her pregnant and she had the baby. I don't even have to read anymore, and everybody should understand now why we don't respect him in uh, basketball history. <clears throat> Picking back up. Um, so his the first person that he uh, had twins with, um, Cheryl Ford. So Malone and Ford were both 17 when twins uh, Daryl and Cheryl were born. Malone was a 20-year-old college sophomore when Bell, at age 13, gave birth to Demetrius Bell. In the aftermath of the Globe story, Malone met the Ford twins for the first time since visiting them in the hospital after they were born. So the, the came out in 98. So after the story came out, he went and visited his twins. 18 years. Or it's been 18 10 plus years. <laughs> Fuck. So I hadn't seen them, hadn't met them, hadn't done anything since they were babies in the hospital. Malone did not meet the uh, did not meet with Bell, which was his son that he had with a 13-year-old at that time. And his attorney insisted that Malone had settled the lawsuits before any conclusive establishment of paternity and thus still did not know whether he was truly the father of any of the children. According to the Tribune, Malone challenged the court's ruling with regard to Bell, claiming that the judgment holding him responsible for $125 per week in child support plus past and future medical expenses was excessive. So we're talking about an NBA player. That is ordered to pay $125 a week, which in some $6 million a year in 98. Thank you for the clarification. Yes, sir. In some areas, that would be a, a nice lofty allowance for some rich kids. And he's refusing to pay that in child support for the kid that is that he fathered when the woman was 13 years old. Absolutely disgusting. Um, by the fall of 98, Malone accepted his paternity of the Ford twins. And Kay Malone said publicly that the twins were members of the Malone family. Kay is uh, Carl's current wife. Mm-hmm. Since that time, Carl Malone has maintained a relationship with the twins, each of whom later played college basketball at his uh, alma mater, Louisiana Tech. Cheryl Ford went on to become a professional basketball player with the Detroit Shock of the WNBA. Um, yeah, the one thing you can say about Carl Malone is he's got good genes, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, Demetrius Bell has played as an offensive line for the Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, and Dallas Cowboys of the NFL. That is his illegitimate son that he does not claim. In 2008, the Buffalo News reported that Bell's first and only meeting with Malone came shortly after Bell graduated from high school. According to Bell, Malone told him then that it was too late for them to have a father-son relationship. What a joke. What a fucking joke. However, in 2014, the two repaired their relationship and were in regular contact by 2018. So I wonder why, because he's an NFL player? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say shout out to Carl Malone for finally taking responsibility of his child that he had with Hell a no. fucking seventh grader while he was in college that makes me want to fucking throw up that's disgusting um shout out to his son demetrius bell for um letting carl malone back into his life because most men would not do so such a thing that is 
crazy to leave your mother and your family high and dry, not, not to mention yourself for all those years growing up, never uh, claim you never send anything to support. And after you are somewhat stable in your life, he comes back around and wants a relationship. So it's a shame that this stuff is like not held against him. I feel like he's still got statues in front of Utah. He's still, you know, in the, the record books of the, 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 the laurels of the NBA. Um, Right. But I mean, anytime you hear his name, he's going to get reminded of it now on social media. Um, And you just got to keep talking about it. And, I mean, he's just a dickhead. Like, what else to say? Yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. Another one is back in 04, uh, Carl Malone played for the Lakers. I don't know if everybody remembers, but after he left the Jazz, he kind of wanted one more stab at a championship since he was a loser and never won one. Um, <laughs> and uh, I believe after that uh, year when they lost to the Pistons, um, he got hurt and was kind of rehabbing and missed most of, if not that whole year. And uh, became pretty close with Kobe Bryant when he was on the Lakers. Now he was watching a game while he was hurt in the stands. I believe the story goes in 04 and he ran into Vanessa Bryant. And I believe she asked him like, Hey cowboy, like, what are you doing? What are you hunting for? Because his country ass had on like a cowboy hat and cowboy boots at a Laker game. And he looked at Vanessa Bryant and said, I'm hunting for little Mexican girls. And she, I believe she responded with like, oh, wow, you're old enough to be my father. And he was like, oh, I'm your daddy. And yeah. f- from then on, um, Kobe and Carl did not have a, a personal relationship. So, uh, so I mean, he didn't win a championship. And then, yeah, like- me too. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really one to be a proponent of uh, cancel culture and all that kind of shit. I mean, when it, when it's deservingly so, obviously it's, it's good to do it, but I feel like everybody's getting canceled these days, but something like this, it's just, it seems unforgivable to me and seems like unfathomable for someone in his situation or whatever to do what he did. It's disgusting. I feel like more people need to, to know about it and hold him accountable. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it seems like based off this past season, he's trying to like, get back into some graces of the jazz and be sort of like their fucking like super fan tough guy. Like he had that one clip of him, like smoking a cigar in front of his statue. Um, I want him to just get continuously dragged and, and, you know, got to give credit to the people on Twitter, dragging him when they can. I don't think there's a lot of people saying stuff that's good about Carmelo when he kind of pops his big ass head out in the news. Um, But yeah, I don't consider him an NBA great. I don't consider him a, Nope. Uh, a jazz legend like Donovan Mitchell, John Stockton. I mean, not even about John Stockton, the uh, the old anti-vaxxer. <laughs> like he's he's a <laughs> yeah, not nowhere near as bad as Carl Malone. But no, yeah. no, no, no. But <laughs> I did see something to hate funny. The jazz. <laughs> oh yeah, keep piling on for sure. Rudy Gobert, Carl Malone. Um, something funny just came across my Twitter timeline, and I had to to share it with you. According to NBA Central. I guess Kevin Herter was interviewed after the game. And Kevin Herter says Cam Riddish listens to, quote, a lot of young boy. <laughs> NBA young boy? Don't know why he was asked that or, or what made him give that answer, but just uh, visualizing redheaded Kevin Herter in the locker room, kind of looking around, being like, yeah, Cam really likes NBA young boy. It cracks me up. 
<laughs> I love the hurt dog. Cam Reddish, man. Keep an eye out for him. He's nasty. Anthony yep. Everett's back in the before he got drafted was like Cam Reddish was the hardest dude to ever play against. Cam Reddish is raw. <laughs> Gotta respect Ant. I don't know if you saw a video that came across uh, a story on Ant's Instagram not too long ago, but he was just filming his dog in his passenger seat and he panned his camera down. And I believe Ant had like 15 bottles of soda on the floor of his car, <laughs> <laughs> which just adds to the legend of Ant Edwards. I love it. <laughs> I just cannot wait for him to get back on the court. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's all I um, got, though, man. What's that? It's, it's all I got today. It's all I got too. It's been a uh, it's been a good one. Um, but yeah, let's wrap it up. We got uh hopefully you have a nice long weekend ahead of you. I will be uh out in uh, the desert in Las Vegas. So hopefully I make it back in one piece. Um, nice. If I don't, it's been nice knowing you. Um, yeah. yeah. Enjoy yourself. Everybody has a good uh, Fourth of July weekend, and um, we'll get back to you on the other side. Yep. Happy birthday, America. 